Hello, you're listening to the LifeWay Church Podcast. At LifeWay, we believe that life is better together. So stay connected with us by visiting www.lifeway.church or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at LifeWay Church. Now here's a message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 first, but I want to, I want to preface uh, today with a couple of things. There's a couple of things that are, have been on my heart. Uh, the first thing is outreach. Outreach uh, here to our neighborhood. We have a neighborhood just in back of our church property, and there's over 100 homes. And I know of people that have lost their jobs. And it's, it is very um, moving to think that our, there are people in our own neighborhood that need help. And so I'm going to ask you to consider helping us uh, with an extra offering today. Um, you can go back online. Uh, they'll, they'll put the information there on the, the lower thirds here in just a second. Uh, in the memo, if, you, if you're giving digitally by text or by the website, you can include in the memo. What we're doing is because of the social distancing and because of all the things that are happening, uh, it seems right to get some uh, gift cards to a grocery store and to find out who is in need just in our area and to minister that way. And so we're, we're setting aside $2,000 to minister to some people behind us in the neighborhood. Our neighbors, our neighbors um, need help. And we're asking you to help with us if you would consider and pray uh, to put an extra offering out today and send it to us. Put in the memo, May Outreach. If you'll just write uh, text in the memo, because when you text to give or you put it on the website, you can put a memo in there. Just put in there, May Outreach. We'll make sure all of that designated funds go to this outreach that we're going to do this week. We're going to do it this week. And so help us out. And if you're a LifeWay church member, and you want to uh, help us with this, actually execute this outreach, get in touch with us and let us know that you want to be a part of this. The second thing is that every day since uh, in March, we have put out a daily Devo from Monday through Friday, every day, Monday through Friday. And it's basically a minute to two minutes, really short, but really powerful because Pastor Sheila and I really take our, our responsibility serious to feed the sheep and feed our family words of faith every day. And so we're asking, we've, we've been generating texts in a kind of a different way, but we've had people outside of the church want to join in on that and watch those videos. So we have an actual way that you can request that those devos are delivered to you and I'm getting over to the number here. Um, if you guys have it on the lower thirds and you can put it down there, that would be awesome as well. It is 404 uh, 604-689-9131. 404-689-9131. 404-689-9131. And you can text the word DEVO to that number. 404-689-9131. And... That will subscribe you to our Devo that comes out every morning. It's going to go into your text message, and then you can just click on that live link, 
and it's going to take you to our YouTube channel. Uh, our YouTube channel has a playlist called Devo that you can watch those Devos, and you can go back and watch the ones that are already archived. Um, listen, we all need encouragement every day, and I get encouraged when I, when I put those Devos out. You know, the Lord will give me something to give out, but it encourages me first, and so I need encouragement. And if I, I, I know that since I need encouragement, everyone else needs encouragement as well. So if you're there uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to pray before we begin. It's always, always uh, the door into the word of God is prayer. We, uh, a lot of times we open up the word and we want to understand what the spirit of the Lord is saying, but we, we forget to pray. And so I pray before we get into the word every, every Sunday, Lord, thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. It, it divides. It divides between the, the real truth, the reality of your truth, and then facts that uh, are subject to your truth or, or maybe even uh, rumors. <laughs> your word divides. And so we need the Holy Spirit to illuminate your word to us this morning, to take us into your word so that you can transform us by your word, we thank you, Father, for eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts that understand your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So, more than anything else, guys, that, like Pastor Sheila and I just said, we want to connect with you. This is not about us producing some perfect show, and we're not editing this and re-editing this. This is live, and we want to carry on a conversation. So, a few weeks ago, the Lord put us on a journey into this uh, series called You Can't Handle This. And that's the title, You Can't Handle This. And I believe it was a word from the Lord saying, you can't, you can't, you, you can't handle this that you're dealing with right now. And the, the answer to that statement is, you need my grace. Because if I can't handle something, God gives me the grace to to move through it successfully, victoriously. But it's step by step by step. And God gives us the grace. And that's what we've been uh, talking about for the, the past few weeks. We talked about the grace of God being necessary to make it through this life. We have to have the grace of God. And in order to, to have that grace, we have to take it. Because God says, hey... My throne room is open for you to come to my throne of grace to take that help that you need. And so we, we go boldly, confidently into his throne room to take that grace. We talked about that the second week. Um, and then we talked about a little bit uh, about things that frustrate the grace. You know, complaining. Everybody seems to be complaining these days, complaining about this and complaining about that and complaining, you know. So the stimulus check comes out and everybody, there's news about the stimulus check, but people are complaining that they don't have their stimulus check yet. And why does everybody get theirs before I get mine? And I, it seems like I'm in the back of the line. So uh, we looked at, you can go back and watch that, that there's things that frustrate the grace of God. And so today we're talking about uh, control. So uh, just let me warn you, if you're a control freak, you, you may want to buckle your seatbelt right now uh, because we're going to get right up into your grill this morning about uh, control. We ha uh, 
the title is Out of Control. And I'm going to begin with this scenario with my wife, and I know probably some of the husbands watching can relate to this, but, you know, um, my wife and the computer, they're, they're friends as long as the computer does what my wife wants it to. But when I hear this voice of, Honey, I need your help. Honey, I need your help. And I know she's working on a computer. I can tell that she's having a problem with the computer. Uh, so this has been over a 30-year period of time now. So I, I'm very familiar with this scenario. So I say, I'll be there in just a minute. I come check out what's going on, and I ask her So this obvious question. Well, so what are you trying to do? And so she tells me, and then she shows me, and uh, then she, she's trying to produce something and, and has come to a place where the computer is not doing what she wants it to or it's to that place where she doesn't know how to do what she wants to do. But she's stuck. She's stuck in that place where she needs help. And there's nothing else that she can do. So here's what normally happens. What normally happens is uh, I say, step aside and let me take control. Because as a man, after all, we want to be the hero and we want to solve the problem. And most always she answers, yeah, but, but if you do it for me, then I'll never learn myself, which is true. So that forces me to work together with her to solve the issue. And, and we work where she gives me control uh, of the mouse or the trackpad. Uh, then I explain what I'm doing to resolve the issue and that sh she's following me along. And then I ask her to do it herself so that she learns how to do it so that the next time she gets to that place, she will know how to do it. So that scenario is it's a matter of getting to a place where you're stuck and realizing that you're stuck and you need help. The second thing is we have to ask for help. That's God's grace. We have to ask for his help. And the third thing is we have to give up control to God so that he can help us see what we haven't seen before. And we get to that place where we've never been before, that place that I call the unknown, that unknown place. And there's a certain amount of anxiety or fear that goes along with the unknown. So we're going to look at how to, how to release control, to get out of control, to uh, give up control, to lose control today. Um, so during this whole period of COVID-19, we've had to come to grips with um, these things. There is a place that we've never been before that we're stuck in. It's called the unknown. There's a lot of things that have been changing rapidly that we have not had any control over. The second thing, we, we have to ask for help from someone who knows the answer and not someone who is a pretender or someone who doesn't know any more than we know, right? There are, pe there are experts popping up every day. There are people that pretend to be health experts that don't know anything about viruses, but they're going to tell us when this virus is going to be over. There are economists that are popping up that are expert economists that don't know anything about world economics. 
And so you hear people say, well, yeah, I lived through World War II, and this is similar because of something in the past. And, you know, but guess what? It's 2020, and this is COVID-19. And this is something that none of us have ever been through before. So guess what? We need help. We need help. And so here's the third part. We have to give up control. We have to give up control and learn how to work with the Holy Spirit in order that he might show us what to do each step of the way. And that's hard for us who want a predetermined formula for success. We all want this predetermined formula. We want to buy the book that tells us how to do it. But not only that, we want to buy the Cliff Note book, the scaled down book that just gives us the three main points so that we can do it faster than everybody else. We, we want success, but we want it now and we want it in a comfortable way. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want it to cause us any sacrifice. And so we have a difficult time of letting go of control. And you hear people saying, you know, we're so ready. We're so ready to get back to normal, normal, normal. And we're all revving our engines, getting ready to go back to what? We don't know. They use the term new normal, but what does that mean? <laughs> Has anything changed in two months? I believe this has been a time where God has desired to homeschool us. He wants to homeschool us. But are we showing up for class? Are we listening to what he's trying to teach us? Have we learned anything? Are we still trying to control everything? Are we still trying to plan things that we have no idea <laughs> that we're trying to plan? These things have slowed us down. But how have we adjusted on the inside? Are we recognizing the value of relationships over things? Or, or have we just become upset over the restrictions and inconveniences? And every one of us have been, been agitated over those restrictions. We don't like change, that's for sure. We want our normal, our normal. But our normal is different from somebody across uh, the other side of the world. And so we have to identify our normal as tradition because tradition is comfortable. And that's what I mean by normal. I mean tradition and I mean comfortable. Those things that make us comfortable because we, they're, they're predictable. They're predictable. You know, tradition is doing the same things the same way because it's always done. That's always the way we've done it. It's always been done that way. And so we identify with that, and that's our rut, and that's comfortable, and that's... But every one of us have been upended all at the same time. And so there's no doubt why there's so much agitation and so much irritation. And if we don't turn to God, we're going to turn against each other. The truth is the truth, and that never changes. But listen, we're in a in a place right now, that unknown place where things are changing rapidly and we don't know what the next step is and we have to admit that. We have to admit that we don't like change. We feel imprisoned when we're for, forbidden to do what we've always done or forbidden to do what we want to do, when we want to do it and how we want to do it. And that stress builds up when you don't do something about it. That stress. You know, when is the store going to open? When is the bank going to open? 
they have different hours and you get there 30 minutes early and you're like, ah, I could have done something. You know, they don't advertise the store hours anymore. How do you find the store hours? And um, do we wear masks? They tell us to wear masks, then they tell us not to wear masks. And do we wear gloves? You know, where is my hand sanitizer that I left in my vehicle? Somebody took it. <laughs> it's this agitation and this frustration that messes with our normal, that messes with our comfortable. So we're always in this state of change, guys. This isn't new. We're always in a state of change. What, what's normal in 2020 wasn't normal 20 years ago. We're in a constant state of flux. There's only one thing that's certain, and that one thing is always change. <laughs> and so we're changing, but we're changing more rapidly right now. Changing. There's many changes in a short period of time. And so it's just at this point during this virus that we're ha we, we must slow down in order to examine the changes that are around us and how we're adjusting to those changes. So there's three things, three points today that uh, I think we're learning out of this time of the unknown. And the first point is you can control what you can control and only what you can control. You can only control what you can control. And here's some things that you can control. Number one, your thoughts. Second Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm finally at my first verse here. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 5, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so that's our responsibility. God gave us the responsibility, but he also gave us the power and authority to take control of our thoughts. Those are things that we can control. And during this time of the unknown, this time that we have been imprisoned, <laughs> we've had to take control of our thoughts. These are things that we can control. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 said, says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So there is, there is a value on guarding your mind taking captive those thoughts and making sure that you're thinking what needs what you need to be thinking about from God's word we must control our thoughts because our thoughts do affect our emotions and so there are some things that we can control our thoughts which affect our emotions so we can control our emotions that is the truth Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31 and 32 says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Now, if the Bible says that we should get rid of these things, surely God knows that we need the power to get rid of these things. 
And that's where his grace comes in. If he says that we can control our emotions, then he will give us the power and the strength and the ability to control our emotions. We just have to be determined that we can control our emotions and we can't fall back on some lie that says, well, the devil made me do it. <laughs> like, like Flip Wilson years ago. The devil. No, nobody made you do what you did. We have the power to control our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. And our actions. Well, before we get to our actions, I want to go to attitude. Because attitude is part of our thoughts and our emotions. Our thoughts and our emotions determine our attitude. So here's a verse about attitude. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Philippians 2, 5, and 6. This is, this is awesome. This will set you free. You can control your attitude because your attitude will control your altitude, will determine your altitude. If you're going to rise up above this mess, your attitude, you've got to have a good attitude. And the Bible says that we should have this same attitude. It says in verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. The same attitude that he had, we can have. In verse 6, it says, though he was God, he, did not, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. So he wasn't bragging that he was the Son of God. Any more than we have the right to brag that we are the, the Son of God or the daughters of God. A humble attitude comes from having the same attitude as Jesus had. But that attitude is affected by our thoughts and our emotions. And so we can control our thoughts, we can control our emotions, and we can control our attitude. There's another thing that we can control. Our actions. Our responses. When you're in a difficult situation, how do you respond? If someone hauls back to hit you, are you, are you ready to hit them? Are you going to hit them before they hit you? What, what, what action are we going to take in difficult situations? Because, listen, these difficult situations have, have not stopped yet. And we're in a place where things are changing. Things are uncomfortable. People are agitated. People are mad. They're not necessarily mad at you. They're just mad at the situation. So why have a negative attitude? Why have a bad attitude? We can control our words our thoughts, our emotions, our attitudes, and our actions. Here's J James chapter 1 <laughs> says this. James chapter 1 tells us how to, how, how to control our actions. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. And if we'll listen with our heart, we'll not get agitated and say something that we shouldn't say that would provoke someone to anger. Or we won't say something out of place and cause an equal response to our actions. Here's, here's Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18, 13 says, Hear a matter before you answer. So we have to have great patience. That great patience comes from the great grace of God. Here's another thing that we can control. Our diet and exercise. And I know you're probably, I can hear you saying, well, I would have been great if you didn't say that. <laughs> 
but I wouldn't be telling you the truth if I didn't say this. So I'm in the same boat that you're in. We have to take care of our bodies because our bodies, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. And so with the diet and exercise, we do have to guard against the spread of germs. I mean, this was nothing new before the coronavirus and COVID-19 started. The flu has been passed for years and years and years through the spread of germs. So now we are aware that we need to control our bodies a little bit more, but we can do it. God has given us the ability to control our bodies. How about this? We can control our forgiveness. We can control our love. That's an action. Forgiveness is an action. An action that is prompted by compassion and love. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, and then it says, Forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. And so that is something that we can control. We control whether we forgive others or not. And that's, that is a list, a short list of things that we can control. There's, a, there's the second point of what we should have been learning since this began a couple of months ago. The second thing is we, we can't control what we can't control. We can't control what we can't control. And the first thing on this list is you can't control God. Have you ever said, and I know that I have, uh, God, here's what I think you ought to do, and here's how you ought to do it, and here's when you ought to do it. <laughs> we've, done, we've all done that, but listen, there's only one God, and you're not him. <laughs> so we can't control God. We can't control people. You can't control... No matter how hard you try, you can't control people. Here's a message to the children. Children, you can't control your parents. You can pray for them. You can love them. You can obey them, but you can't control them. Parents, hey, you can't control what your grown children do. Now, let me say, if you have young children, you can control what they do. That's called discipline. And there's a whole bunch in the Word of God that talks about discipline, how to discipline your cho children in love, not provoking them to anger. But uh, grown parents with grown children try to control them and get upset when their grown children don't do what they think that they should do. And w guys, we can't control. We can't control our spouse. You can't control your spouse. You can pray for your spouse. You can love your spouse. But you can't control people. You can't control your coworker. You ever tried that? Oh, I'll just get them a gift to, to make, her, make them tender-hearted and, and then they'll be nice to me. No, that's manipulation. You can't control people. You can bless them out of a pure heart with pure motives, yes, but you can't control your boss. You may have a boss now that is being put through the ringer. I mean, his boss are 
her boss and her boss's boss's boss. Uh, it, there's, there's, there's tension through the whole organization right now to produce because everyone is experiencing financial difficulty. But listen, we have to remember that we can't control people. We can't control what the government does. Uh, think about Paul and Silas wh who were held against their will. Peter and John as well. They were held against people in the Bible, in the, in, in the book of Acts, in, in the New Testament, were held against their will. We can't control the government. You know, in a place where uh, it was unknown what was going to happen, Paul and Silas were in the middle of, of prison at night, at midnight. They didn't know what was going to happen. They, they couldn't control their future, but they could control one thing, what was on the inside of them. And they began to praise. And they began to sing praises to God. And even though they couldn't control their circumstances, that praise and that thanksgiving and that gratitude, it, it exploded God's grace within them. And the circumstances changed. We can't control circumstances. Here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. He said, I've learned in whatever state that I'm in to be content. And I want to read this out of the Message Bible. This is, this is really good. You need to read this out of the Message Bible. Paul says that Philippians 4 chapter, uh, 4 chapter verse 11. He says, actually, I don't have a sense of anything, uh, of, of needing anything personally. I've learned how to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much. And with much as with little, I have found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. <laughs> I like that. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. And notice when he was saying this, he was not giving up. When he said, because sometimes we read this verse and it's like, oh, he, we just need to be content. No, Paul wasn't saying that he was giving up. He just learned who his source was. He learned that there were some things that he couldn't control, but there were some things that he could control. Listen, you can't control the job loss. You can get angry about it. You can get mad about it. You can say it was unjust and unfair and blah, 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 but you can't control it. It's time to adjust the attitude because we can control our attitude. And God's grace will come out of that, and he'll get you a better job than you had before. You can't control that you didn't have a prom this year, that there was no graduation this year. If you're a mom, you can't control that you were uh, an instant homeschool teacher. There's circumstances that we found ourselves in that we can't control, and we just need to admit that we can't control the circumstances. Don't get angry. Don't, don't, don't rebel against that. Just know that there are certain things that we can't control. Here's Acts ver uh, chapter 20, verse 24 says, Paul said, but none of these things, he was talking about things that had come against him and the fact that he, he, was, he knew he was facing some hardships in front of him. He said, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself 
in order or so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And so Paul knew that he couldn't control the circumstances, but he knew that God's grace would get him through. This is what we need to know, that God's grace will get us through. We can't control the future. I may not know what's next, but I know the one who knows what's next. And that's so comforting because I can follow him. I've been following him up to this point. I can continue to follow him. And even though I don't know my next step, I know the one who knows my next step. We have to depend on the one who knows. And the Holy Spirit is the one who knows. He always knows. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you. And if God knows the plans that he has for you, he's not going to let you fall He's not going to drop you midway. He's going to carry you the whole way, but we have to depend on him. We have to know that even though we don't know the future, we know God who does know the future. Because the solution is in knowing the one who knows and doing what he says. So here's the reality. Truly, the only thing that we have control over is internal. And when we stop trying to control things that we have no control over, God will show us what to do and how to do it, and he will help us to do it. That's the third point. We have to lose control. A couple of more scriptures, Romans chapter 12 and verses uh, 1 through 3. This is awesome. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. This is one of my most favorite, favorite verses. There's so much in this. Paul says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that God will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority that God has given to me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given to us. And so this verse is saying, give everything you are and everything that you have to God, and you will find something so much better than you could have ever imagined. He has a life for you that is filled with strength and courage and love and peace and joy. But it's in that place where we have to lose control. Galatians 2.20 says this, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Trusting him totally means totally releasing those things that I can't control. Let me say that again. Trusting him totally means that I have to totally release the things that I can't control. That's a place of peace when you realize I can't control it and I just give it to you. God, I give it to you. One more scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. You know this one well, but I'm going to read it from another version. The message, it says, 
Trust God. I'm going to read this pretty slow. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Think about that. When you tell somebody, I love you from the bottom of my heart. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Trust God. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Where Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run to God. Listen, we're in a place where it's unknown. We're, we're charting unknown territory. And we're having to make changes. And those changes aren't easy. And so that sh- the, the, the pressure to do the right thing at the right time so that we're safe, so that we respect one another, and we're not disrespectful to, to anyone, to the authority and to, to, to one another. We have to just say, Lord, there's some things that I, that I can control. There's a whole lot of things that I can't control. And I'm giving you control of my life. I'm giving you control of my life. What are some of the things that you've been holding on to that you need to let go of? This, this, is, this prayer is going to be stress relief. <laughs> this is the ultimate stress relief. Prayer is the ultimate stress relief. Letting go of your limitations gives you the ability to tap into more of God's grace. There's some things during this time that the Lord wants us to bury. He wants us to let it go, to, to, to push it off the cliff and never look back. We don't have what we will have, but the only way to get there is to let what we have that we don't need, we need to let it go. So that's what Jesus did. He was at that place. He was at the cross and he gave his life and he surrendered. And he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And there was more grace that was given to him. If you need Jesus right now, you need to surrender. You need to lose control, to give control, to release your control of your life to him. If that's you, I want to help you. You have, you have to make the decision and you have to make the confession. But I want to help you. If you're, if you're there right now, if you're driving in your car, pull over. If you're, if you're watching and you're in a private place, you can get down on your knees right there. There's no perfect formula to receive Jesus. But it just comes from the heart. Romans 10 says that we believe in the heart and we confess with our mouth. And so that's what we're going to do right now. If that's you, just pray right there with us. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. And I surrender. I give you my life. I lose my control and give you my control. Take control of me. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I choose today 
to follow him all the days of my life. And so according to your word, I am born again. Now, look up. If you've done that, then, then you're born again. You're a child of the king. Jesus Christ himself bought and paid for you. You're in the family. You're part of this family of God. If you made that decision, there's, there's directions there on the screen to let us know that you made that decision. We want to help you in your journey, in your growth in Jesus. We want to send you some things, call you on the phone, however we can get in touch with you, whatever kind of information that you can give us to help us help you grow in God. If this message was a blessing to you, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with someone you know. And if you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at www.lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the LifeWay Church Podcast, and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.